remind you, we're in the Gospel of John. We're going to continue to work through the Gospel of John, as Eric just read. We're specifically in 43 through 51 today. And two weeks ago, we actually saw the story of uh, where Jesus runs into Andrew and Peter. And you see the first disciples coming at that point. And it, en- it ended with Andrew making sure that Peter knew. And then we saw a little exchange between Peter and Jesus. And then it takes us to today's sermon texts. So, we're going to start in verse 43 and work through it. And I'm hoping that I will not trip on this large ladder that's next to me as I move around. So, keep that in mind. So, starting in 43, the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. Okay, so they were kind of more central when it comes to where Jesus was at. And he's going to go northwest back to Galilee. This is a region, kind of like Levy County, if you will. And so he's going to go back to this region. And specifically, we're going to find out later, he's going to a wedding that he's going to be invited to, which we'll cover next week. So the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. And he found Philip. Now we're introduced to Philip. And he said to him, follow me. The first thing that jumps out at me as I was working through this was, He found Philip. He was looking for Philip. Something I want you to hear this morning is, God finds you. God finds you. What I mean by that is like out of John 6.44, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. What that means is long before you start to search for God or seek God, He's working in your heart. What that looks like is all of a sudden you have a desire. You go, I think I want to go to church. I don't ever really want to go to church in the past, but I think I want to go. Or I'm really curious about what the Bible says. That's God's Spirit starting to work in your heart. That's also where He starts to make circumstances come together. Let's say you you own a business. A hair business. Nails. And all of a sudden people start coming in. And they start talking to you. And they start loving on you. And they start telling you about Jesus. That's Him seeking you. That's Him coming after you. Maybe you're, you visit a store. You visit a place. And you go in. And as you're there, you do some business transaction or something. And the person says, hey, may the Lord bless you. Have a blessed day. And you go, oh, that was weird. It's all these little things that God does to draw us to Himself. Now again, as He does that, you definitely have to make a choice. And that's what He says here to Philip. He, he, he finds Philip, and He said to him, follow Me. Now Philip has something he needs to do. He has to respond. He has to follow. If he doesn't, Jesus moves on. But what's interesting, later in John, Jesus also tells us that and I think uh, it was read this morning some, that he has sheep, and when they hear his voice, they know it. See, he knew Philip. He spoke to Philip, and he says, follow me. And as we're going to see, Philip does that very thing. There's a difference real quick, just so you know, in case you were curious, there's a difference between following Jesus and believing in Jesus. There's a difference between that. You see, Satan and demons believe in Jesus. And one thing that we have failed at as the church 
is we have tried to make following Jesus so easy, becoming a Christian so easy, that what we've done is we've said, just believe. And we try to keep it simple because we really, genuinely want people to become Christians. We really do. But sometimes we try to make the call to salvation, the expectations that Jesus has, we kind of dumb those down a little bit to make it easier for people to believe. We feel like we have to change the message a little bit sometimes so that way people will believe. Here's the thing. If God's Spirit is working inside somebody and they are confronted with the Word, if they want to believe, they will. Do you realize that Jesus over and over made it difficult for people to follow Him? We read this a couple weeks ago. George read one of them. But he talks about it all the time. Oh, I'll follow you. But let me just first go, go bury, my, bury my father. Now let the dead bury the dead. Let's go. Follow me. Jesus is very serious about this following thing. Not just believing. And we have for years as the church tried to make it easy. And so you know what we have, honestly? Across this nation, across this world, we have a bunch of churches filled with people who believe in Jesus, but they don't follow Him. He's not interested in that. He's not interested in that. Question for you this morning. Are you one of those? Do you believe in Jesus? Oh, I believe He he died on the cross for my sin. After three days, He rose. I believe all that. Confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised Him from the dead. You will be saved. The idea of Him being Lord means He's in control, not you. Part of following Jesus says, I'm going to take myself off the throne, off the throne and Jesus is on the throne. And whatever he says, I'm going to do. Not when Jesus is like, hey, let's go get Krispy Kreme donuts, which have been amazing, by the way. We got some of those. Thank you. Jamie's not here, able to be here today, but thank you. When Jesus says, hey, let's go get Krispy Kreme, everyone's like, yeah, Krispy Kreme, we'll go with you, Jesus. That's great. When Jesus says, oh, yeah, you see that? That ocean with rough seas? I'm going to walk across and I want you to follow me. Eh, Sometimes we're like, "Mm, I don't know about that one. But he would say, if he calls you to do it, guess what? He's faithful to get you through it. If he calls you to do it, he is faithful to get you through it. If you cling to him. When he says, follow me, Philip gets it. Okay. It's really confusing if you're trying to follow Jesus, but you're not really following Jesus, but you're kind of believing, but then you're sometimes reading the Bible and you're sometimes with God's people and you sometimes pray, but you don't understand why things aren't right because you're not following. He will give you the grace. So, so he, said to, he said to him, follow me. Now Philip was born in Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter, giving us some context here. Andrew and Peter, we just talked about them a couple weeks ago. We would have just read it in the text here. So it's given us this idea that maybe they know each other. They're all disciples of John. They all were waiting for the Messiah to come. They were listening to John's message, John the Baptist. They were expecting the Messiah to come. Remember John? What was John? The whole point of John's ministry? Make much of Jesus. Can we be encouraged by that? The whole point of our lives needs to be to make much of Jesus. The whole point of this church is to make much of Jesus. When we stop doing that, we're not obeying well. We're not doing what we're created to do. Make, make much of Jesus. So Philip, verse 45, found Nathanael. Again, that same pattern. John has followers. He teaches them. They start following Jesus. Those people go and tell other people. 
and so on and so forth. That's what we're to be doing. Who are you talking to about Jesus? Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. A couple things stand out here. First he says, We have found him. You only find him if he reveals himself to you. Again, that same idea from before. So here's the thing. Sometimes we'll be playing hide-and-seek at our house. Any hide-and-seek players around here? Yeah, my row. Look at this. You guys are no fun. No, no hide-and-seek. I bet Miss Marion would play hide-and-seek with me if, she, if we wanted to. Hide-and-seek. Now, as the kids get older, it becomes more difficult. I love playing against Isabella. I can win every time. Right? You can hide in a spot. She's looking around. She passes right by you. Pretty obvious you're there, but she doesn't see it because she's little. Right? That could go on forever if I wanted it to. But then there's a time that Dad wants to say hi. Dad wants to see the excitement when she finds me. So I step out. Bella! Ah! She comes running, right? That's what God does with us. In his timing, he says, here I am. And then, we, and then you know what Bella thinks? I found Daddy! You did. But I came to you. If you're here and you're following God, you found God, you've made your choice, I praise God for that. But don't mistake, He found you. He revealed Himself to you. And if you're here and that hasn't happened yet for you, He's doing that now. And this is the day, perhaps, that you find Him. All right? Let's get back in it. Continuing on there, Moses and the law and the prophets. Notice that it's not, Jesus isn't the Messiah just because he goes, hey, I'm the Messiah. They had something in particular that they were looking at to know who the Messiah is. Reading the Old Testament, these prophecies about Jesus, about the Messiah. That's how they know who he is. Same thing with John, if you remember a couple weeks ago. The way John knew, God told him that when the Spirit comes down on whoever that is and stays there, that's the Messiah. Jesus comes, that happens, he goes, oh, Messiah, great, thank you. Same thing's true of these prophecies. That's how they know who Jesus is. These prophecies come true, looking in the law of Moses and throughout the prophets. Now this is going to come into play as this little section unwinds here. He said, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. It's an interesting way of describing Jesus. We've seen other things thus far in John talking about more his divinity. Well, here, it's that section of John where John talked about the Word became flesh, actual human, the incarnation, fully God, fully man. This is what this is pointing to. Jesus actually came from a place, Nazareth. He's the son of Joseph, which ultimately is important. He's adopted by Joseph, basically. And he's tied to, through Joseph's line, we see that he's tied to King David. And that means that according to 2 Samuel 7, the promise to David that someone from your family with his throne will last forever, that means it gets to be Jesus. So these things are important, what's being said here. But it's not the, the Son of God. So here's Nathaniel. Now some of you guys, <laughs> you might be Nathaniel. I think some of you guys might be a Nathaniel. I think I'm a Nathaniel. We'll check it out. Here's what he says. He goes up, he runs over, we found the one! Moses and the prophets have been talking about Nathaniel, we found him! He's from Nazareth. Nazareth, come and see. 
He's going to say, watch, Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? That's his response. We found him. And Nathaniel's response right away, can anything good come out of there? Interesting. Why would he say that? It, it, the historians tell us that Nazareth, Nazareth it was, they were looked down upon, small town, a lot of issues there, maybe poor, things like that. So he looks down on him. He's kind of sarcastic about it. Can anything? How would you feel, real quick? If you're like this messenger and you go, like, hey, we found this important person from Cedar Key. <laughs> Can anything good come out of Cedar Key? Oh, is that right? Well, I ain't got a me- I, my message I was going to give you, I'm not going to give it to you any longer. That's how I'd respond, I think. I'm not going to give you this. Do you think Jesus knew that this is what Nathaniel said? Yeah. We're going to see Jesus knows. He knows what Nathaniel says. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Here's, what Philip, here's Philip's answer. Philip said to him, come and see. You notice he doesn't go through and try to convince him right there. He doesn't do anything. He just says, yeah, come see. Let me show you Jesus. Let me show you God. Taste and see that the Lord is good. We've got to do this. We've got to do this. We have to invite people. Even if they're like, can God really be man? Can this really happen? Here's what we say. Come and see. Come and see the miracles that He does. Come and see the great things that He does. Now this is where we're going to take a side track briefly. For some of you, you may know that... I think it's tomorrow is one year for us being here with you. One year. <laughs> Praise God. You have put up with us for a year. What's interesting is people are starting, you know, we're inviting people, we're going out, we're loving people. Here's what I want to show you or talk about for just a moment. As we ask people to come and see what Jesus is doing, ultimately what we're saying is come and see and see what he's doing here. See what he's doing in our hearts. See how he's changing each one of us. Make no mistake, that is nothing that I've done. That's nothing that Heather's done. That's nothing that Ashton or Julia's done. That is God working through his word by the power of his spirit, period. So with that, I jotted down a few things from this past year. But the first thing I want to say that he has done is many of you know that we were kicked out of Turkey and it was hard for us. Part of what he has done is he has healed our family through you here. Thank you for that, but we praise God for his faithfulness. Listen to some other things that he's done. There has been three marriages. We've had two baptisms. Twelve new members. We have tried to become, he has brought us to love his word together and it be the center of what we do. He's strengthening marriages and families. He's giving us a true love for one another and you can see it all the time. There's been old sin and division and he is breaking those barriers down and there is love and unity in the confession of sin and repentance. He's putting a desire in us to reach our community more and more and more. 
We're trying to reach out to former members whose names were on some rolls, but they haven't been around. We're trying to reach them and say, hey, come and see what God's doing. We have money that's going out from the church to other ministries. He's brought Ashton and Julie to us. We have men's Bible study, women's Bible studies. More involvement in the senior ministries and the association. He's protected us. He provides every month more than we could ask. And He continues to sustain us. He is a good shepherd who loves you and loves me and loves us. Amen to that? Amen. So again, the thing we need to continue to say to, say to people is, Come and see. Just come and see. And, and here's the testimony. People have come. For those of you that have been grinding for years and years and years, they're coming and they're seeing this love and they're going, that's different. And that's all glory to God for His work in and through us. So praise Him for that. All right, continuing on. Got to finish up here. <clears throat> so can anything good come out of Nazareth? Come and see. So Jesus, now look where Jesus comes in. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. He was just bad-mouthing where Jesus was from. And he's like, oh, look, an Israelite in whom there's no deceit. A little bit interesting. What's going on there? Ultimately, I think... When Nathaniel was saying that, he was saying, could really the Messiah come from such a place? Now we know, based upon Psalm 22 and Isaiah 53, that the Messiah, most people wouldn't recognize him because he wasn't going to come the first time, at least, in this glory and grandeur. He was going to come as a humble servant from a humble place. So what does he mean here? What does Jesus mean when he says this? Is he being sarcastic back? I don't think so. And this starts to give clues to what's going on in this passage. He's talking about him. He says he's an Israelite in who there's no deceit. What's interesting is there is one Israelite whose name, before it was changed, actually meant trickery or deceit all the time. Does anyone know who that is? Jacob. It was Jacob. His name, he was always tricking people and doing things like that. His name actually meant that. I think what's going on here is Jesus is starting to talk about what Nathaniel is, what he was thinking about. And he's saying, huh, you have a pure heart. You truly want to see the Messiah. You truly want to love God, follow God. You have no deceit inside of you. It doesn't mean he's sinless. It means you have no deceit. So why is this important? Continue on. Here's Nathaniel's response. Again, some of us are like Nathaniel in here. Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? How many of you would respond that way? Like Jesus goes, hey, look, some Christians in whom there's no deceit. How do you know me, Jesus? No deceit? That's an, that's an incredible response. But again, what was Nathaniel thinking about? It seems like he's truly trying to seek God. And so he goes, how do you know me? Apparently he knew, Jesus is saying, he knew what Nathaniel was thinking about. He knew it was on his mind. He was thinking maybe about Jacob. Why was he thinking about Jacob? Let's continue. Almost done. Nathaniel said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, before Philip came to you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. 
There's a question among commentators, what does it mean that he's under a fig tree? Listen, he's hanging out under a fig tree. A specific place. Well, it could mean this, it could mean that. There's like three or four different things what it could mean. He's hanging out under a fig tree. It's hot, he's under the fig tree, he's dreaming about God. He's thinking about God. But he specifically knows where he was at. Jesus knows where we're at. Now listen, he says, I saw you there. Before Philip ever went, Jesus isn't around. He sees supernatural things. I saw you there. Now watch. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Whoa! Apparently, whatever Jesus saw and what he's saying means so much to Nathanael that he goes, you're the Son of God. Rabbi, you're my teacher now. That's what Rabbi means, teacher. You're my teacher? He's going from, what what good can come out of Nazareth? To, you're my teacher? You're the Son of God, the King of the Jews. Wow. King of Israel. What has Jesus done? He's exposed to Nathanael that Jesus is supernatural, that he truly is God. He knows what he was thinking, and he knows where he was at. So what was Nathanael thinking about in particular? Jesus gives us some insight. Verse 50. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe me? That's not that big of a deal. You will see greater things than these. This is where he seems to be panning back and talking to all the disciples around him. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The first part where I think he was talking about Jacob was when he's talking about the one without deceit. This is what um, Brother Doug read, I believe it was, about our ladder, or stairway, if you will. It goes back to Genesis 28, as Brother Doug read, and that's where Jacob was on his way to get a wife. And he gets to this place, he puts a stone down, he lays his head down to get a nap. And as he lays down, he has a dream. And he dreamed, in verse 12, and behold, there was a ladder set up on earth. And, on, and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Does that sound familiar with what we just read in John? I think what Nathaniel was probably doing, we don't know for sure, he was laying down, thinking about Jacob. Why would he think about Jacob? Because it's the promises of God to Abraham, Isaac, and now Jacob. He's thinking about it. He has this dream, and I think Nathaniel was thinking about this dream. So why does Jesus bring this up? Why does Jesus bring this up? Nathaniel's thinking on it. What does, the, what, what does the latter even matter? Here's ultimately what's being said. Jacob, you were thinking about a stairway to heaven. You saw this dream, Jacob. Nathaniel, you're thinking about this stairway to heaven and how heaven would actually be opened up and there could be a ladder And the angels can go up and down. And it's this way to connect heaven to earth. That's what Nathaniel's thinking about. Jesus comes up and says, let me explain something to you. The Son of Man is the ladder. The Son of Man, that's what it says at the end of the the verse in John there, that now the angels will be ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Who's the Son of Man? If you read Daniel 7, which we read this morning, it's Jesus. What Jesus is saying is, this ladder... Where the angels go up and down, that opens up heaven. The way we get to God is not just a ladder. It's not just a stairway. It's Jesus. So I think we can replace the ladder with the cross, perhaps.
It's Jesus who opens up heaven for us. It's Jesus who bridges the gap for us to be with God. That's what Nathaniel was trying to figure out, and that's what Jesus just answered for him. You're going to see something amazing. You're going to see that it's going to be me, the Son of Man, who's going to bring it all together. Here's the response. If you're like Nathaniel, pure in heart, you will see God. What that means is that you truly want to see God, Him working inside of you. He's working. If you truly want to see Him, you will. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For those of you who are Christians, how do you think through this? Are you asking people to come and see? Are you following Jesus well right now? And are you remembering the fact that He's the latter? If you're not a Christian, you have no way to get to God without Jesus. He's the only way. I'm going to pray, and we're going to have our invitation time. If you need to come and pray with me, I can pray for you if something's going on. I can pray about that. If you don't know Jesus and you want to make this the time to say, I want to cry out to Him as Savior, this is the time to do that. This area is open for prayer. You can pray where you are. It doesn't matter. But let's go ahead and pray together. Father, we love you and we thank you for your grace. We thank you for the fact that you find us, you seek us, you show us who you are. And Lord, you work in us in such a way that as we see who you are and you convict us of our sin and through your word, Lord, that you open our eyes and we believe. Lord, some of us are skeptical at times like Nathaniel. But Lord, there are some that truly want to see you. They truly want to know you. You would say to them today, follow me. Period. Lord, help us to be thankful for all that you have done in and through us, especially this past year. Lord, we're thankful for what you're doing every day. We pray, Father, that you would continue to work on our hearts. Help us to tell others to come and see. Help us to follow well. Help us to remember that it is Jesus that is the ladder to heaven. Help us to trust in him more. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.